it can feel too effortful to get back the equanimity and the equilibrium that self-compassion brings us. So like any muscle, compassion is something that we can activate, we can build it and we can benefit from it as it grows stronger. And it enables us to hold ourselves with the loving kindness that our heart most desires. Welcome to the podcast that's all about deepening our self-awareness with profound self-compassion. I'm Henny. I write, coach and speak about how exploring our inner world can transform how we experience our outer world, all founded on a bedrock of self-love. Settle in and listen and see where the episode takes you. Like me, you might find that at times self-compassion can feel like a hard thing to find. We may have been conditioned through our life experiences to see it as something unimportant or selfish, and yet our deepest, wisest self has an innate understanding that it's something we all need. So I recently created a short course for the Insight Timer app that offers up three deceptively simple tools that I think of as first aid or practical compassion in action. They're three quick steps to help you access self-compassion when it feels needed or when it feels hard to find. And while each of them are simple to put into practice, They represent a profound choice, the decision to choose your own mental and physical well-being as being worthy of your attention, the decision to choose yourself over any stories you may carry that might lead you in another way. And these three practical compassion tools, they're all things that you can return to again and again in your day. And your body will never get tired of being given this kind of kind attention. So I'm going to share them here with you today. And I invite you to explore the course as well um, that's on Insight Timer. Because while you might be familiar with the tools, you'll also benefit from the mindful moments that I share in each of the lessons to experience and embed the practices. And, you know, as you'll know, if you've listened here before, I absolutely love the whole ethos of Insight Timer. There are thousands of free teachings, meditations, and music from some really wonderful creators. And if, like me, you sign up for the paid membership, then you get access to all of the courses offered there for free. And it really is the most astonishing resource for anyone looking to expand their awareness and explore this wonderful inner life. The other aspect of it is that as a teacher in the community, I get to see how they work from the inside. And I can honestly say they live their principles. And I I really 
that as I say that there's a kind of part of me that sort of dreads that somebody might say oh no that's not my experience but I I can't imagine that that will ever happen because every interaction I've ever had has been so joyful they they really do walk the talk and having worked with many different organizations across my long and illustrious career haha and having been a specialist in brands and the way they communicate their values because that was where I specialized in my corporate days I am particularly sensitive to the quality of how a company lives its messaging and Insight Timer really do live it and they work really hard to look after the people who create their content as well as those who benefit from it. So um, yeah, anyway, that's my unpaid advert for Insight Timer. So back to these three tools, the invitation is to open up to what they bring, which for me is a growing sense of self-compassion and remembering that while they might already be familiar to you as I said they are deceptively simple so returning our attention to what truly serves us is something we can do again and again and again and I endlessly forget what serves me and I see it as an opportunity to endlessly remember Um, because as Sharon Salzberg says we can always begin again. Uh, I think it's a bit like when we've had a period of feeling really fit and strong in our body and the temptation is to sink into lethargy and a lack of self-belief when we realise that we've lost that fitness and we start to believe it's just not possible to ever be that fit again because we've forgotten the beginner's mind of the Zen Buddhist teachings. We don't have to be a Zen Buddhist to have a beginner's mind of course and and it can feel the same with self-compassion too it can feel too effortful to get back the equanimity and the equilibrium that self-compassion brings us so like any muscle compassion is something that we can activate we can build it and we can benefit from it as it grows stronger and It enables us to hold ourselves with the loving kindness that our heart most desires. And, you know, I mean, gosh, you know all this if you've been listening here and, you know, just if you're, you being here means that you're already deeply aware of all this. Self-compassion enables us to extend that loving kindness to the people and, and to the world around us. And it's interesting, actually, that phrase, loving kindness, the, the meta of may you be safe, may you be well, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you live with ease. I sign off the majority of my emails um, to people who are part of my email list. And if that's not you, then please come and join. It would be wonderful to have you uh, part of the community. Um, I use that matter um, as, as the way I close my emails because it just feels like the most gorgeous blessing out into the world. And And we send that out to others, but we also send it to ourselves. Anyway, so having simple practices that we can use again and again can become an immensely powerful route, just like using that meta practice to building those muscles and and remembering what our heart already deeply knows, of course, because we already hold all of the wisdom 
We know everything that we need to know. It's all already there. We just need to find the ways to access it. So, practice one is place your hand on your heart. And it's funny, you know, because even as I've been talking, I've realized uh, that I've had my hand on my heart most of the time that I've been speaking to you. Kind of just gently tapping my chest. You might be able to hear it on the mic. (laughs) Um, So place your hand on your heart. And if you've ever worked with me um, or we've been connected for a while, you'll know how much I love this simple gesture. And, and I invite you to try it now, you know, just while you're listening, doing whatever it is that you're doing. If you can, have one hand on your heart and simply notice how it is to have that connection with yourself. And you may already consciously or unconsciously do this because once we become aware of the gesture, we often notice people doing it when they feel something deeply whether that is joy or pain. And the beauty of this simple act is that when we adopt it as part of our conscious way of caring for ourselves, we release the hormone oxytocin into our system. So this is often called the caregiving hormone and oxytocin connects us deeply with others and, and it's the same hormone, if you're not already aware of this, it's the same hormone mothers release when they're nursing a newborn child and, and it helps us connect more deeply with ourselves. So just as the newborn infant learns to trust its mother, so oxytocin can support us as we learn to trust ourselves. And the wonderful thing is that we can use this gesture anywhere and at any time of day. And I see it as an action that says, I am here, my love, and I will always be here. And it's a reminder that connecting with our body can change what's happening in our mind. I mean, isn't that the most beautiful thing? Anyway. So, practice two is the quick, long breath. Now, I call this the quick, long breath because it's quick to do, even though it involves lengthening our breath. So, something I'm sure you've noticed too is how often we can tell ourselves we don't have time for something that constitutes self-care. We don't give ourselves the 10 minutes it takes to meditate. We don't give ourselves the two minutes it takes to get up from our chair and look out of the window at the sky. You know, being busy dominates. But we also know the immense value of these quiet moments. And so this breath is one of those moments and we can do it anywhere. So when we breathe in, we briefly activate our sympathetic nervous system. I was really blown away when I first learned this. I think, it's, I think it's a brilliant bit of science, actually, that when we breathe in, we briefly activate our sympathetic nervous system. And that's the part that gives us our fly, fight, action, response. And we sense this when we do a sharp intake of breath, when we're startled or excited or anxious. You know that, <gasps> that is whoa, getting into the sympathetic nervous system, we're ready for action. And when we breathe out, we hand things over to the parasympathetic nervous system. 
the part that governs our rest, repair, this calming response. And we can sense this when someone hugs us or we lie down after a busy day and we give that great, deep, ah, sigh. And of course, we need both systems to be in balance. So homeostasis or a balanced system is our goal. But when something is activating us and we get triggered, agitated, or simply just too far up in our own heads, um, it can feel hard to change how we're feeling. And we can get stuck in a vicious cycle and our sympathetic system becomes really dominant. So breathing in through the nose and out through the nose or mouth with a longer exhale than inhale helps us to rebalance. So with the longer exhale, we're spending more time in the parasympathetic, soothing, calming, relaxing our system in the moment when we need to. And really all we have to do is just think, breathe in, count how long that breath is, so say it's like a count of three or a count of four, and then double it for the exhale. So in for three, out for six, in for four, out for eight. And and the more you practice it, the the longer that exhale can become. It, and it's amazing how quickly that builds because we create more space for the breath, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go into all that, but it is incredible what we can do. And again, just like the hand on the heart practice, it's something that we can do anywhere, anytime. The breath doesn't have to be obvious. It can be a subtle thing. So by focusing on ourselves for just three breaths with double the exhale than it takes to inhale, we can begin to feel calmer, kinder, and maybe a little clearer. One point for health and safety is When you first do it, or the first few times you do it, make sure you're sitting down because what you don't want to be doing is, um, you know, exhaling so much that you actually get a bit lightheaded. So make sure when you're breathing in, you're doing like that lovely belly breath and then exhaling and squeezing the belly button back to the spine. And that will then mean that you've got that longer exhale and you're releasing all of the stale air from your lungs. So give it a go now while you're listening to the next bit. So practice three is speak kindly. So by consciously practicing to speak kindly to ourselves, we learn to dial down the dial on the inner critic and we learn to turn up the dial on our inner friend. Or we can think of it as listening to our deepest, wisest self, our inner wisdom, perhaps. And importantly, this isn't about trying to shut that inner critic down or to shut it out. It is a part of us, like everything else. You'll have heard me talk about this before. I feel this so strongly. I feel like the whole of us is worthy of our love. And even the inner critic is trying to do its job in the only way it knows how. So seeing our inner critic with compassion can be a powerful way to extend compassion toward our whole self. After all, if we beat ourselves up for beating ourselves up, we just enter that vicious cycle again. And what we're looking for here are ways we can break the cycle. And that's where this piece of practical compassion comes in. Speak 
kindly. It is so simple and yet, of course, can sometimes feel so incredibly hard to do. And it's why it's so important to remember the power of your words. The language we use can change our minds, not just the gestures, but the language. And I talk a lot more about this in last week's episode, uh, season 10, episode 5, Love Words. I love the way you can either go love words or love words or anyway there are multiple intonations I could (laughs) go into but I won't um so I think I mean gosh that was a rattle through wasn't it I hope you managed to sort of capture those basically hand on heart breath double the exhale to the inhale speak kindly that's it three really really simple things that all help us access self-compassion in the moment. And I, I see this as being vital for our survival, for our thriving. Um, because when we don't speak compassionately, when we allow things to overwhelm us, even though we might know that there's something we can do to support ourselves, that's all, in a way, it's like abandoning ourselves. And actually... What these gestures and these practices do is they say, oh, I see you, I'm here with you, my darling. And and it's okay, I'm with you. So compassion enables us to hold ourselves with the loving kindness that we desire. And it also enables us to extend that loving kindness to the people and the world around us. Back to that thing I was saying about metta earlier, you know, the loving kindness meditation. You know, when we've learned to cope, to be independent, to manage on our own, hands up if anyone uh, is recognizing themselves in this, when we've learned that self-care is selfish, that it's weak, to be gentle, that to survive we must be tough, does any of this resonate with anyone else, then self-compassion can feel really hard to access. And yet, Studies show us again and again and again that it is the vital component for good mental, physical and emotional well-being. Because compassion is the foundation for all positive, long-lasting change in our life too. And to hear more about that, if you are curious about creating change with compassion in your life, then please do take time to turn towards yourself and to ask yourself, what is it that I need to really support me as I do this? And if you want to come and talk to me, if you want to explore how it is to work together, then I would love to speak with you. I would love to share ways that could support you and talk you through what you're seeking to change or talk through, not talk you through. You know what you're seeking to change. I'm just there to walk beside you. And whether that thing that you want to explore is something in your outer life, you know, to do with your work or your relationships or or your career in some way, or whether it's something in your inner life around how you perceive yourself, how you experience the world around you, Compassion will be the most 
important tool that you can access to support you as you make those changes or as you work out how to make those changes. And I would really love to talk. So just drop me a line and I'm sure we can find a time to speak. So I would love to close with a poem from My Darling Girl, Volume 2. I'm sending her to print on Friday. It's now Thursday, the 11th of May, and I'm sending her to print tomorrow. I've been overwhelmed by the number of orders that uh, people have made that's making this print possible. So thank you if that includes you. Um, If you are desperately sad that you missed the deadline, then drop me a note. Uh, It might still be time to to get yourself a copy or copies. And um, sometimes I have a few copies of books in stock, um, sometimes not, but you can always ask and um, reach out. But anyway, this is the same poem that I shared in the first episode of this season, episode one of season 10, where I talked with the divine Susan McCulley about the vulnerability of writing and sharing things we've created. The poem resonates so deeply with this topic of self-compassion because it speaks to how when we love ourselves, we open ourselves up to feeling how it is to be loved and therefore are more able to receive love and it helps us love others too because we know what true love is and how it feels. So I will close now and send you a hug and a wave and I will read the poem before ending this episode and I just want to send you some love, really. My darling girl. And actually, just a little point, if you don't resonate with that word girl, that's okay, just ignore it and just hear the words, my darling. It's just that that's how it lands when I write in my journal. And so I'm honoring that voice that sends me these poems. My darling girl. When you love yourself deeply, you make room for others to love you too. When you get out of your own way, you remove what hinders love in reaching you. When you hold yourself in your most loving arms, when you see yourself with your most loving gaze, when you hear yourself speak your most loving words, then you say, I am held, I am seen, I am heard. When you learn how it is to love yourself, you learn how it is to love and be loved in return.